there's this part uh, where uh, whenever Victor's creating the creature, um, Mary Shelley very intentionally uses the word labor. She uses the word labor over and over again, which obviously is the way that people give birth via labor. And you want to know how long it took to physically make the creature? Take a wild guess. Nine months, it, baby! It was nine months, physically! Yeah, which makes sense because um, Mary Shelley, woman in a time where like women as reproductive vessels was even more of a thing. Exactly. Um, and then immediately after the creature is created, uh, he says, in my moment, of, basically he says, like, in my moment of euphoria, I went to bed and fell asleep. Like, like yeah. a woman who just gave birth. Cheers, Vic. Um, yeah. Cheers. Anyway, who start the show? Yeah. Hi. Welcome to Lukewarm Takes. It's like hot takes, but worse. I'm Jack. I'm Ford. Um, it is. I hope you guys like the soundtrack. Yeah, we're in the like practice rooms, the cages where they keep the theater majors. <laughs> um, the theater and performance majors, yeah. Yeah, the theater and performance padded cells uh, in the basement of one of the dorm buildings here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, right now, there's three of them, and in the other two are people practicing piano. Um, <laughs> So, if you hear that, that's our private little accompaniment. Yeah. Will it actually go along with what we're saying? Probably not. Yes. Uh, we're probably just... We should have intro music for this show. Yeah, we should. Anyway. <laughs> there's a lot of things we're working on. Yeah. All the time. Like, today, during work, I just started thinking, like, we need to do this and that for Patreon, and then I, like, get up... And I'm just like, uh, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, oh yeah, part of my nightly routine with the Curtis Connor video is I, I think about children on the internet, I think about the world ending, and then I'm like, oh, brain rot. Um, and then I go to bed. If you want to know about me and my Curtis Connor routine, consider donating to our Patreon and getting the pre-show <laughs> version of this of this show, where we talk about our where we talk about our existential bedtime routine. Yeah, things you missed, existential thoughts we have before bed. Uh, my plan for the internet. Um, what we do in the shadows time. What we do in the shadows recap and analysis. Yeah. Frankenstein recap and analysis. Uh, spoilers for a two hundred year old book, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> we're not going to. We're not going to put a spoiler warning for Frankenstein. I know I'm joking. That's that's worse than Alex <laughs> not wanting Pride and Prejudice spoiled for him. He what? Yeah, my roommate. My roommate. <laughs> like has, I was joking about Frankenstein, but he wasn't. No, no. My roommate is like I haven't seen the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, and um, we were like, oh, that's fine. We can watch it with you. You'll love the scene when, and then he cuts us off, and he's like, no. <laughs> Don't spoil it for me. I haven't seen it yet. And we were like, Alexi. It's it's a Jane Austen novel. It is. It's so old. It is like 250. It is. It is a it is in the public domain, bestie. It is like 250 years old. Yes. Um I, anyway, we have see we had plans this week. Uh it's been a week. Like to say the least. It's been and the we just want to debrief it with you all. Yeah, because usually we would have, like, a topic or something, and we'll go back to that next well, week. Well, we do have a topic. It's, like, we do have a topic because we are going to go through the Emmys. Um, but that's... I would say, in my personal opinion, in comparison to the rest of the of the freak show that happened this week. Yeah. 
we are truly in dark times. Yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a week. Um, notably, Dear Evan Hansen, the movie starring uh, old old man Ben Platt. <laughs> ben Platt actively withering away. Yeah, so he uses a walker for the whole movie. <laughs> um, it came out and. We are not going to be talking about it this week because we are watching it next week. So look forward to that. From the men who watch Sia's music for you comes, comes a new, potentially worse experience. Dear Evan Hansen. I don't think it'll be worse. I think it'll be on par. Yeah. Uh, I did. I um, have seen people watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've at seen one it. point during Sincerely Me, Connor Murphy hits the woe. I did see that. Ben uh, Platt runs kind of like Naruto the whole time. Yeah, I did see that too. He's giving very Napoleon Dynamite. He does look exactly like the kid who played Napoleon Dynamite. In the kid who moments. played Napoleon Dynamite graduated from my high school. Huh, neat. That is the only thing Sailor Morgan has going for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, we can talk about the way we're going to watch the, the movie after this, but look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, so next week, we will talk so much about Dear Evan Hansen. Please do not make us talk about it this week. Uh, because we have plans. Oh, I want you to know, so the reason we had to change it, though, our plans for this week, is because we originally had it as a half-and-half half episode, like half Emmys, half Dear Evan Hansen, but then things kept happening this week in my list longer and longer and everything is worse so we're gonna talk about it yeah let's talk about that is that what it is yeah that was exactly i (laughs) recognized it like then a rooster blows some fire we are the new Retin Link. We've stolen their identities. I'm now a Southern father. And I am. I'm from North Carolina. And I'm another Southern father from North Carolina, Hello. but with different hair. <laughs> we are Southern. Fa- which one of us is which? That's a good question. Let us know. Who's Ret? Who is Ret coded and who is Link coded? <laughs> who gets to be who? Who gets to be the submissive in the weird fan art people draw of them? Is it Link? It is Link. That makes sense. It's always Link. Yeah. I can't describe how many times. Whenever I was younger, I used to be a big fan of them, and I would, like, go to, like, look up, like, st- stuff about them. Like, not them personally. I just, like, wanted to read stuff, like, yeah. about the show. And then I would find weird fan art. This has happened more times than I would like to. Yeah. I think... All pairs of internet people are Rhett and Link coded. It's true. Um, John Green is Link to Hank's Rhett. Huh. That, I would I would imagine people would have thought differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're... Drew Gooden is Link to Danny Gonzalez's Rhett. I agree with that. Thank you. Um, those are the only pairs of internet men I can think of. Dan and... I feel like Dan and Phil... Where Dan and Phil lie on that spectrum, huh? I have seen one Dan and Phil video in my life. Holy shit. Florida trans mass experience missed out upon. Huh. I'm joking. It really, it really isn't. I'm proud of them. Happy for happy for the life they're living. <laughs> yeah, happy for them. Glad. Not seen any of their content. Yeah, you don't really have to. No, I don't. Yeah, exactly. It's a joke. But in my opinion, I think Dan, I think Dan is the ret 
and Bill is the link. Yeah, knowing nothing about them, that's what I would have said. Yeah, that's my personal opinion. Knowing nothing about them except that they are living very happy lives together. Yeah, uh, yeah, they haven't officially said, like, we're dating, but, like... They... No, but they both made coming out videos and then bought a house together. And that's, they said, was their forever home, so, like, yeah, good for them. They we don't need to know their they lives. They should adopt a child. I think they're getting a dog or something. They should adopt a whole baby. A whole baby. I think I think Dan and Phil should have a daughter. I think they should just dedicate themselves to this bit where they just don't tell anyone about their private lives because I admire that so much, and then they just keep doing things together. Yeah. I think that they should just keep One of those up. things that they do together should be having a daughter. Yeah. No, I think that's the ultimate extension of this bit where it's like... Yeah, good. Where <laughs> we do the episode. We cannot stay on topic tonight. It's because, number one, I haven't taken my Adderall today. <laughs> and then number and it wears off at 7 p.m. <laughs> and, then, and then I become, it's like that scene in The Mask where Jim Carrey like uh, gets the mask stuck to his face. And he's like, it's party time. <laughs> I have not seen The Mask. It's, it's an experience. Uh, Didn't you call The Mask what I called They Live by John Carpenter? Yeah. Because I was like, they live is just glasses that make you the Joker. Yeah, uh, the mask is just the mask that makes you the Joker. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with um, middle-aged film theory men and the way that they look at They Live, John Carpenter. It's, it's so, so good. funny. All of, the, all of the professors that I've had, when they talk about They Live, they're like, his mind, <laughs> the glasses, the glasses make you see. <laughs> And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, Jonathan, the glasses make you see. Good. They're like, and some of the people, some of the people have faces. And I'm like, yes, Jonathan. Go off. It's like listening to like a two-year-old desperately try and get out their yeah. sentence. It's like, oh my god, the, the police, bad. The police, the, poli the police. And you put on the glasses and you see. Yeah. The police, the police, yes, you, you can do it. The police, You're almost there. bad, bad, yeah. You're almost there, Dr. Knapp. I can, I can feel it. <laughs> it's good. Anyway. Yeah. We have quite the list. You can decide where you want to start with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's just go in order. Okay. It's really, it takes you on a little journey, the order that you have <laughs> written it in. It's the journey of this week. Wow, you also get emails from Treba Joe Jobs I constantly. It's, I try and put them on you. And it's always for the same job? Yes! God, it's, it's the bad. same three jobs on rotation. Yeah. Anyway, Tiger King 2. That's all. Tiger King 2. Joe is on It's been Zoom. a good episode. <laughs> See you next week. See, we're just going to leave that, you, you with that to ruminate. Tiger King 2. Thoughts? Tiger King 2. Joe, Joe Exotic is on Zoom this time. Is that really what's going to happen? Yes, because he's in prison for 22 years. Well, yeah, but like, I don't know. They're not going to like interview any of the people again. They are. I know Carol Baskin is back. I want I want Tiger King 2 to be just about Carol Baskin. I think it kind of is. I don't want to give her any more fame than she has, but also, like, I want to study her. <laughs> See, we were really... I, I need you guys to know, whenever this news dropped, we were on, like, the subway, and I turned to Jack, and I said, hey, you know how we avoided having to talk about Tiger King because we were out of that part of quarantine? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, Tiger King 2 just got announced. And that was that. And now we're talking about it. I, um, uh, I, I believe it's gonna be about the murder of 
her husband in some <gasps> capacity. Oh my god. Are they gonna play the song about her killing her husband? God, I hope so. I hope it's the theme song. I, <laughs> listen, there's like a certain point in terrible people's lives when those terrible people are in the public eye where I'm like, you, you're like a whole human adult. Yeah. You have the mental capacity to like realize that you're in this situation where people are actively making fun of you because you're a bad person and A, become a less bad person and B, remove yourself from the public eye. And when those people don't do that, I do feel like it is my God-given right to eat Just, up to eat up all of their weird um like and, it is a like it is a nice little plate of french fries yeah and just actively lambast them publicly yeah. uh which is why i feel per- no remorse making fun of joe exotic and carol baskins no it's like i don't like keeping up with the kardashians because i think that they're deeply boring people but like people who do like keeping up with the kardashians i'm like yeah man you get it um it was different when uh, all of the Kardashian children were children, mm-hmm. um, but now that they're all whole adults... And they continue to do this. Yeah, now that they're all full-ass grown adults, I'm like, you know what? You you are allowed to be pointed and laughed at. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be pointed and laughed at, stop letting people film you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you do have to consent to having a documentary made about you. It's very true. Uh, like Unless you're dead. I think it's so funny that Carol Baskins, like, when she did, like, this interview where she was, like, because uh, after I told Aaron about this, he, like, looked it up. She did an interview where she was, like, criticizing the directors of Tiger King 2. And it was, like, well, Carol, why were you in their documentary? Yeah. And why did you do the promo for them? Yeah. In, like, a, I'm not joking. I watched the promo of, like, all their new true crime documentaries. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh but she's where like she walks down like this little room in like a sexy dress and she like poses and it's like Carol if you didn't want to be involved why did you do all this yeah also like i think it's so funny if the focus is on the murder of carol baskin's husband it seems because like she had to have seen tiger king 1 and she has to know that everyone in america thinks she murdered her husband and then someone calls her and is like hey carol baskin do you want to be in a documentary about how you murdered your husband? And she goes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that, Bessie? Yeah. It's... That's such a poor life decision. Yeah, because, like, in, in, like, the... Do- and I will point and laugh at you. Because in, like, the documentary trailer, uh, it has, like, who killed Joe, whatever his last name is. Like, yeah. I can't remember. But it had his picture and it was, like, who killed him. And I'm like, oh, are we going to be discussing this? Are we going to be having a conversation I about want, this? I want the song about her killing her husband to be the also, theme song. Also, I think it's so funny that Joe Exotic gets so worked up about this whenever he is currently in prison for soliciting somebody to kill another person Yeah. for 22 years. I forgot that that's what Tiger King is about. Yeah. I forgot that that's... I thought that he was just, like, in jail for Tiger King crimes. <laughs> like, I forgot, I forgot that he fully did hire an assassin. And that's why they made the documentary. Exactly. I, yeah, I watched it, and the whole time I was just like, damn, weird. <laughs> anyway, I did not process any of the information. I think I only watched, like, half of it. I stopped after that, I stopped after that poor bastard got it, got their arm uh, ripped off. Yeah, they got their arm bit off, and then they were like, I still love working here, though. And I'm like, bestie, that's yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. 
Yeah, that's horrifying. For your tiger-owning employer. <laughs> your, your, your... Your tiger-owning employer with his two weed-smoking boyfriends. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's I just... got two boyfriends, one of them I'm married to. You gotta guess to which, which one. <laughs> Whatever I think. Tiger King is terrible, but whenever I think about, like, Joe Exotic as a person, I process it fully, and I'm like, what the f*** So, on? he's so special oh, to me. Mark that. Oh, yeah. He's so special <laughs> he's to such me. An, he's such a screwed up individual. It's, like, on a, such a fundamental level. Yeah. Do we want to move on to the next thing? I guess. Okay. But also, quick note, Netflix is making a bunch of true crime documentaries. They're trying to make themselves a true crime powerhouse. We're going to have an episode about true crime in the future, I can guarantee it. We are? Yeah, because we eventually... Oh my god, and then we can cross-promo that other project we're working on. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Um, yeah. Netflix... Netflix has already been trying to do that, because they had Making a Murderer... Did they do the the goddamn Ted Bundy thing? Yes, they Is did. Is that their they, crime? Uh, extra, it wasn't... A, they did have a tr- Ted Bundy documentary. Uh, but who did the one where he's hot? Uh, that is the Zac Efron movie, yeah. Extremely Vile, Incredibly Wicked, something, something. Whatever. I can't remember. It's just a long title, and I don't care. Yeah. I watched it. It was an okay movie. You watched it? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, because I was like... I w- this looks terrible. I want to watch it. That's fair. Uh, and Good I, point. Yeah. So I watched it. Uh, my review is that it's bad. Uh, oh. It's like, it's bad in that, like, the way... But is it a Netflix original? No, no. Okay. It's a documentary thing. is. Yeah. But it is on Netflix, and it was released at the same time as the documentary was. Yeah, Netflix has been trying to do this, where it... It really wants to be, like, a true crime and horror platform, and a lot of its shows that get big do kind of fall into that. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, Netflix, I just realized this, that Netflix is trying to be, like, the edgy streaming platform now. Yeah. Which is, like, A, you can't be. You're the establishment streaming platform. Yeah. Um, and, like, all of the people, none of the people working for you are the kind of people who are going to be creating actually edgy, innovative yeah. content. If you want to go to a streaming platform that has ed- edgy, innovative content, just go on Shutter. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, if you care that much about streaming services or whatever, I don't, uh, just go on Shutter. And I think you should find all of the Quibi shows. Ugh. Quibi did shut down. But I'm sure you can find the show somewhere. That's where the real content lies. Oh, yeah. Real content. In Quibi. In the Quibi graveyard. In Chrissy's Court, featuring Chrissy Teigen. In The Stranger, starring Dane DeHaan, of Kill Your Darlings and The Amazing Spider-Man fame. Um, Which is so funny to me. Why did he do that? (laughs) Dane, you're better than this. Um, But Netflix... Netflix. Um, yeah, they've been trying to do this for a while. I think that Stranger Things is an example of them trying to do that, and that is, like, the Netflix show. Um, yeah. I it's think just, like, it's never going to work because you're a multi-billion dollar corporation. You're not going to be making good, edgy content. Yeah, they've been desperately trying to replicate the famous Stranger Things ever since they had that. Yeah. It's, like, that's obvious to anyone with half a brain. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, they've always been trying to, like, get this 
They yeah. both. And they, it's like the fact that they're trying to do it through true crime, which is such an exploitative genre. Which is why just I, like it's just like more evidence that they're never going to be the innovative platform that like I don't know. If they had started out making original content, I feel like like early Netflix would have been that way, but like they didn't even start making original content until they were huge. Yeah, they didn't until House of Cards. Yeah. Um, and so it's like you you never had the chance to like be on the cutting edge because the first show you made you were already establishment. And so it's like the fact that they're like we're edgy, we're cool, we're top of the line. We are making movies about re-traumatizing the families of victims of terrible crimes. Yeah. Okay. This is exactly something else. This is exactly why I want, why I want to do a full true crime episode because there's so much ground to cover now because yeah. of just how much true crime has become like an industry in itself. Yeah. Uh Sadly though, uh we do have to move on to the next thing which we have been avoiding. Oh, Fred made a hyper pop song. Yeah. <laughs> I want to listen to it right now. Yeah. All let's right, do this. Let's do a live listen through of Fred Figglehorn. For for the record, we don't mean Fred Jones from Scooby Doo, which is what some of our roommates thought. No, we mean Fred Figglehorn from Early You Do. What's the song called? I don't know. Cause I don't know how to look for it. I can't just search Fred. Just search Fred Hyperpop song. On Apple Music, that's not gonna come up with anything. Just go on YouTube. Why? I don't know. Fred, hyperpop, show me, show me. Hey, Bessie, I don't think this is real. It is. It's called, it's by Lucas, uh, the reason it's called that way is because Lucas Crookshanks is the guy who made Fred. It's called Pomeranians okay. by Lucas Crookshank. Okay. It, it isn't under the name Fred. I found it. Here we go. I just saw a thing that was like, so glad the Fred Hyperpop thing never happened, but I guess that was someone in denial. Okay. No, I'm done listening to Dodie. No, this bangs. No, I love this. Are we gonna get a DMCA strike for this? I don't know. I I, no, I'm obsessed with this. I hate this. This is very good, actually. I hate this. I'm adding this to my library. <laughs> Jesus. I expect nothing less of the man who thought. Honestly, I expected nothing less of the man who thought the Kyoto uh, Bubblegum Hyperpop remix was good. It is the Glitch Gun remix, and it bangs. <laughs> oh my god. God, Christ. I love this. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna subject you to more of it. I hate. I'm gonna be real. I'm sorry, trans people. I don't like Hyperpop. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Hyperpop? I'm autistic, and my brain says no. I have different songs that make my brain go, like, mm-hmm. this is good for my ADHD, but, like, it ain't songs like that. It just, That's I find true. them overwhelming. I find them, 
no hate to people who are just like, this is my shit. Happy for you. Love that yeah. for you. I do find, like, hyperpop for me has to be, like, mostly vocals. Like, the, po- the hyperpop songs that are, like, really instrumental heavy, um, I do not like. But the hyperpop songs that I've listened to that, like, like the Kyoto remix, uh-huh. um, where it's just her singing, um, and then uh, the little do-do-do-do-do-do, but it's, like, fun. Yeah. Oh, it, I love it. I enjoy it. I can't, I, I can't stand it. I'm sorry. Whenever I hear it, I'm just, like... And, like, it's... this this song, Pomeranians, I, I like it. Now, I'm not going to say, like, this isn't real music. I don't, I don't feel that way. No. I feel like... I feel like as long as you're like, as long as it like sounds musical, sure. What does that mean? Does it sound like music? There you go. Coming from someone with so many harsh noise fan friends, what does that mean? I don't know. If they call it music, I guess it's music in my opinion. That's what yeah. I'm trying to get at. I don't really care about how you define music. Uh, but personally, I just hear it and it makes my brain hurt. That's uh, fair. Like a hundred gecks. Uh, there's some songs I don't mind, but a lot of it just genuinely stresses me out. <laughs> like, I can't explain it. Hyperpop stresses me out. Yeah, that's how I feel about Wilwood. Okay, that's not how I... I love the first three minutes of every Wilwood song. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about the last minute of every Wilwood song. See, Wilwood does that... Uh, Wilwood I don't find as terribly stressful as Hyperpop, because I'm like, this is the, the right level. He just plays... He plays that piano so fast. <laughs> And then he, and then eventually he's like, I can't play fast enough, and then he just uh, bangs on it. I like that. I that's what makes my brain feel good whenever somebody just plays real fast. Because uh, that's the speed up how my brain works. Yeah. Uh, see, because I live in this little land of comorbid uh, comorbidity where I want to yeah. hear things real fast, but also don't don't be too loud, uh, yeah. but only on my terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know, thoughts on Pomeranians, besides that you don't like it? My thought is that I'm happy Lucas is finding new outlets for whatever he learned, whatever he was doing, Fred. I don't remember much of Fred. No one should. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to be real. I, 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 do, I do appreciate Fred for making, like, YouTube, like, a platform people came to yeah. and that, like, people sought out as, like, a, a creative medium. But I hate experiencing Fred. I feel like Fred was the blueprint for hyperpop in a weird way, where it's like he's just talks really fast in a really high voice, yeah. and it kind of makes. I me... think Fred was the blueprint for like weird girl comedy. Oh, for sure. Like that's, that's... not a real genre, but no. it's like you know the people on TikTok, yeah, who are just like I'm f- crazy. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. He is also the reason Miranda Sings ended up existing. Yeah. So, like, like I can say that nearly without a doubt. Uh, so, like, thanks for making... He paved the way. <laughs> so, like, I guess thank you for making YouTube a more legitimate platform in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But also, like, please don't come back. <laughs> that was a dark time. What what an era that was. <laughs> what an era of YouTube. Early 2000s people. Really? What was that? Early 2000s people, if you remember the era of Fred. It was that, and it was fueled by ramen music videos. Yeah. Damn. And then... (laughs) Foggy, two days ago, Uh Foggy sent me a link to the Ghost of You 
music video. Oh, such a good The My video. Chemical Romance music video where they're at war. Yeah. And it was like, you need to watch this. And I was like, you think I haven't? Yeah. You think I, it, it's from the revenge era. Don't cite the dark magics to me, bitch. I was there when they were forged. I was, I was in the trenches with Gerard. <laughs> Mister, um, I was there That's when not true. I was a very small child when revenge dropped. But, like, I've seen, I've seen the ghost of you. Yeah. Every middle schooler has seen the ghost yes, of you. Every middle schooler has seen the ghost of you and Helena and the Black Parade. It's true. And oh, and I'm an, I am not okay with this. I'm not okay. I yeah. promise. Yeah. You mother. F- <laughs> I know it's I am not okay. I promise, but like. Pay your respects. Pay pay your respects to your respect elders. your elders, <laughs> Gerard. Uh, do we want to save the middle one for last, or do we want to? Um. No, I think we should save the second to last one for last so that we end on a positive note before we go through the Emmys real quick. Okay, in that case, I'm going to start with the Grimes and Elon breakup, and then we'll go to the bad, really bad thing, and then we'll cushion it. Okay, Grimes and Elon broke up. Uh, what does this mean? It means that Grimes is probably going to try and crawl her way back to music. She put anti-capitalist back in her bio. She already did? Yes. Oh my god. Uh, yes. Um. Yeah. No, this is, like, the reason I put this in is because I think it's genuinely a very interesting thing. Uh, because, like, I don't care about Grimes and Elon. I think they're both bad people. But the reason it's important for, to mention is because Grimes is a musician. And she's probably going to come back to the, try and come back to the industry and be like, I was anti-capitalist the whole time, guys. Well, she's been in the industry this whole time. She released an album last year. Yeah, like I know. She's not... She, she didn't leave the music industry oh, no, for I'm not Elon saying, Musk. Oh, no, I'm not saying she... I'm not saying she is. I'm saying, or she did, excuse me. I'm saying that she's going to release another album and she's going to try and start peddling her music like, I was anti-capitalist. I want to see, I want to see her Elon breakup album because I was talking to Alex, who is a Grimes fan, um, and he was saying that, like, so many of the songs in her most recent album are so clearly, like, I am unhappy with Elon Musk. Please, dear God, get me out of this relationship. Um, Especially around your pregnancy, with E equals MC squared. Um, <laughs> with with A squared equals B squared. A squared yeah, with the B quadratic squared. formula. Yeah. That's um, not the quadratic formula. That's Pythagorean. Thank you. God. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. The fact that she wrote that album and then now she's free to say whatever she wants about Elon Musk. I am interested in that. And, like, I guess... Yeah. I guess call it voyeuristic, but I am interested. I want to see her her reputation era. Yeah, because like, Guillermo de la Cruz is getting his reputation era. I want to see <laughs> Rhymes's. But at the same time, I feel like people are gonna just so readily for forgive her per se for like sitting on the internet and like defending her her apartheid capitalist boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna be like she because she sat on the internet and was like, yeah. no, Grimes is not Grimes is not going to be able to get her old um, aesthetic and brand back. Um, yeah, because she sat on the internet and she played in her boyfriend's pool like with her with her uh, lightsaber and she was like... Yeah, exactly. Like, she, she was in too deep with a billionaire for too long to ever be able to say that she is, like... Anti-capitalist. Edgy and leftist. Um, but she's going to try and it's going to be very interesting to watch that. And also, like... I don't know. I'm hoping that seeing her try 
to get that brand back Mm -hmm. um, is going to make people realize how many other artists who use that brand um, are also just, like, faking it for clout. Exactly. And that's why I put this in here, because I was like, she is such an interesting example of this dichotomy. Because, like, a lot of people um, are, like, eat the rich. Peg the patriarchy. Sick Met Gala reference. And yet they're um, still courting the patriarchy. Yeah. yeah, and yet, like, they're all super rich and are making art to make money. Yeah, and this is what, this is exactly why it's, like, you can't, you can't say you're, about, you're, like, eat the rich heart and then, like, turn around. You're rich. You are rich. You... Like, you are not the rich we are specifically talking about, but you are also a part of wealth. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, I'm hoping... I, I A, am excited to watch Grimes try. Um, <laughs> it will be an entertaining feat. Yeah. And B, um, I think that it will be interesting to see if there... Because, like, people are already losing so much faith in celebrities... Um, as they keep on being stupid and as more people watch Bo Burnham's inside and they're like, oh god, parasocial relationships. Um, Like, as more people think about that, the relationship that people have with celebrities is changing a lot. Yeah, celebrity Um, culture is kind of dying out and people are not really amused with their antics anymore. I don't know. I think celebrity culture isn't dying out as much as it is moving from Hollywood to the internet. That's true. um, To TikTok specifically. Yeah, I Um, think that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, but it is interesting to see how... It will be interesting to see how Grimes' return to fake anti-capitalism will affect people's relationships with celebrity in general yeah uh in case you've been living under a rock for the past three days we have some bad news the mario movie the mario movie yeah okay i saw i saw a post um earlier today um that was basically like criticizing America for never hiring voice actors, which is true. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, just absolutely tearing into the Mario movie, but then the post ended with, but Jack Black can do whatever he wants, though. Yeah, um, no, that's... And that's my opinion, too. I 100% agree. Jack Black can play whoever he wants forever. I love that everybody is like, the Mario movie sucks, and here's why, but also, Jack Black, we're thrilled to have you. Yeah, but also, congratulations, Jack Black, on the role. I feel that way... Um, except with Jack Black and Charlie Day, yeah. who, if you don't know, is playing Luigi. Which I think is hilarious because, like, as a lifelong Luigi stan, I feel like... <laughs> thank you. Thank you for enjoying that. <laughs> thank you for enjoying that joke. Oh, that was a very good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a lifelong Luigi stan, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like Charlie Day is such a good choice because he has such a weirdly anxious energy about him. I want to see him try an Italian accent. It will be so funny. And unlike his his companion... Mamma mia! Unlike I'm going to drift with a kaiju! <laughs> <laughs> that was my Charlie Day impression. <laughs> Mamma mia! I'm going to drift with a kaiju! <laughs> no, I feel like... Uh, He's a good choice. Number one, he's actually Italian, unlike his his companion. Uh, num- Mamma mia, Pepe Silva. <laughs> Mom, Mamma mia, I'm homophobic. <laughs> Is he? Uh, Charlie no. Day's not. No, I was referencing his his counterpart. 
Ah, uh, yes. Uh, we're building up to that one. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, like I said, Anya Taylor-Joy uh, is playing Peach. She just looks like her, in my opinion. I don't think she's going to be a good choice. There's plenty of talented voice actresses out there. Mm-hmm. No offense to, to Miss Taylor-Joy, but do, go do live-action movies. Yeah. Uh, I feel that way about most of the cast. Uh, why is Key? Why is Key going? Michael P- Key playing Toad for fun. I, I am afraid for profit. I, Seth Rogen is playing Donkey Kong. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a wild ride on that one. I guess Donkey Kong smokes weed now. Uh, See, the thing about this cast is that it would be a setup for such a great movie if it were live action. Because yeah. it's like all of these people. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be so fun to see them in the role. Oh, I'm not gonna get to see them in the role. No. I'm just gonna hear them, and they're not trained voice actors. No. The only person there who is technically a trained voice actor is Jack Black. And he can do whatever he wants forever. Yeah, because Jack Black did the Kung Fu Panda movies, so he actually has experience. Yeah. Well, so does Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt has a good deal of voice acting experience. That's true. Okay, that's the one we were leaving out, by the way. Uh, Chris Pratt's Mario. Everyone knows. Yeah, I was about to say, in case for some... In case you are suddenly emerging from the earth after laying there yeah, for 20 Chris Pratt's years. Yeah, Chris Pratt playing Mario. And, like, he's a decent voice actor. I understand why they cast him. But it's just like, time. why would you cast Chris Pratt to play Mario? <laughs> of all the characters! <laughs> Chris Pratt as Mario is taking me to such, like, a place. Yeah. Like, yes. mentally, physically. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the Lego movie. Love, great movie. Great sequel. Uh, but I don't need Chris Pratt in my Mario soup. No. I think it would be funny if um, if it was like <laughs> like a Jumanji situation, but not really, mm-hmm. um, where they all play real-ass human beings. Um, like, like it starts out animated and they are all Mario characters, and then they get zapped into real life somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, reverse Jumanji. What you've just... Descri- like, Enchanted! That's what I was trying yeah, to think what of. What you are describing is the plot to Sponge Out of Water, the Spongebob movie. Good. Uh, is this the one with David Hasselhoff? Uh, no, this is, like, a more recent one. I had such an in-depth discussion about the Spongebob movies in my modern dance class this week. The Spongebob movie's a great movie, is the thing. Sure. I wasn't allowed to watch Spongebob. Yeah, that's right, because you were, weren't allowed to have fun as a child. No, I was also not allowed to watch Caillou, because uh, I was a Caillou Kenny. <laughs> um, and my parents did not like that. <laughs> so I was not allowed to watch it. Yeah. Uh, but but the Mario movie. <laughs> it is very disrespectful to Charles Charles Barnett, uh, Martinet, which, in case you don't know, he's been playing uh, Mario for 40 years. And it's a very similar situation to what happened with Scoob, where uh, the voice actors weren't even told that they were going to get ousted. Like uh, Kate, like Matthew Lillard, who, in case you don't know, is the current voice of Shaggy. Uh, he was handpicked by Casey Kasem. Yeah, he's the 1% Shaggy power guy. Yeah, he is Shaggy. And then Grey Delise didn't know either. She plays Daphne. Like, all these people did not know that they were getting, like, ousted from their role yeah. in favor of far more popular actors. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I hadn't even considered that until just now that, like, all of these characters already have voice actors. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Most of them, I will know, are played by Charles Martinet. He voices a lot of characters. Just lock him in a recording booth with a Mario movie script for a couple days. <laughs> and then profit. 
Yeah, he voices most of the characters. However, that's why I think it's... However, he is the voice of Mario, which is why it's very disrespectful. Because yeah. it's like, he is the one who's not only been doing most of these voices, he is doing the voice. Yeah. Like, and I get that, like, a whole movie is different than Yahoo! Yeah. But they already have voice actors. They had voice actors. like Not one. Chris Pratt. That's why... That's why I think that's why this movie rubs me the wrong way because most of them had voice actors. Yeah, they already had people. Yeah, it was rubbing me the wrong way just because like this is how Hollywood generally treats animated movies. Yeah, they treat them like a cash grab more than an actual medium. Yeah, yeah, they treat them like. I don't. I don't know how much of this is the celebrities and how much of it is like producers and stuff and like the people in charge of what movies certain celebrities are in but it's like they treat it the same way that they treat broadway runs where it's like this is a fun thing for our screen actor to try out exactly like expand your portfolio like no those are whole art mediums like they don't exist for screen actors to use as like teaching opportunities like if someone is really interested in that like they shouldn't be able to just skip straight to the top it is yeah. a whole different medium. It's the same thing with, like, stage actors having music careers or musicians acting. Yes. It's like, you need to be trained in how to do this thing before you actually do it. You don't get the Hugh Jackman needed to know how to sing, act, and dance before he had a Broadway run. You don't get to, like, you don't get to skip the line just because you had priority in another place. Exactly. It's like... Yeah, it's like, once you're famous in one thing, it doesn't mean that you can automatically be the star in every other medium. Exactly. You need to you need to work your way up. And I understand that like industries function really similarly. And once you know your way around like being in a production in one industry, those skills transfer over. Like the logistical and like managerial skills of being in a movie and being on Broadway mm-hmm. and voice acting are probably really similar. Mhm. The, the creative and technical skills are not. Exactly. And people forget that. Casting directors forget that. Yeah. Or they intentionally ignore it to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I can't wait for the scene in the beginning of the Mario movie where he says, let's go, one time, and then he coughs and says, huh, I got something in my throat. Anyways, and then he, the movie goes on in him doing that exact voice. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that post earlier. Wow. I've been thinking about it ever since. And I'm like, that is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a yeah. whole post, and I'm sure I can find it, and we can link it or something, of people just making, of this one person just making predictions about what they think is going to happen in the Mario movie. That's funny. And I think it is 75 to 90% accurate. At least three of the things on that list are going to happen. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, we do have some good news to cushion it. Yes, which is that Russell, Russell T. Davies, Davies is coming back, back to Doctor Who. He's the showrunner again, baby. I will say, it is a bittersweet moment for me because the power that Russell T. Davies and Jodie Whittaker could have wielded together. Oh, because she's such a good doctor. Oh, for She's sure. a fantastic doctor. She had such a wonderful and, personality. Yeah, and her doctor with Russell T. Davies' writing would have been unstoppable, but she's out. Um, Yeah, probably because everybody treated her like garbage. Yeah, she's out because everyone was mean to her for no reason. Um, And they are going to get a different doctor. 
Um, yeah, can't wait for uh, what's the? I made this meme earlier today. Uh, it was like Christian Eckel Pebble coming back <laughs> and for his, coming back for his run as the Fourteenth Doctor. That's funny. And it was just Christopher Eccleston with a mask on. Yeah, um, the fan pick for the future Doctor right now is Michael Sheen, um, which is a bad idea only because the Doctor should never be a white man again. Um, yeah, that's that's my thing. My uh, I know that I just said the doctor should never be a white man again. However. Um, <laughs> however. <What>? The thing <laughs> that I've been thinking about a lot is that John Barrowman comes as the doctor. No, he's a creep. No, listen, he comes as the doctor and they just don't say anything about it. Um, and, like, they bring they bring in Matt Smith to play Jack Harkness. Um, and they don't say anything about it. Yeah, see, I think that's funny. But I refuse to let John Barrowman have a career again because that dude's a creep. It would still be funny. It would still be funny, but like um, he's a creep. Uh, however, I do think that's funny. Uh, however, I feel like they should make a. Uh, they. I think never having a white man as the Doctor again is a good move because that. It's. I'm so tired of seeing them. Yeah. Every. This is. Why are they everywhere? I say this as a white man. Yeah. Why are we Why everywhere? Why are we everywhere? <laughs> we're, we're annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had, like, a whole conversation about 14th Doctor predictions. Who do you think? Um, I don't remember any of the predictions. Um, I think that if they, like, if they cast Michael Sheen, I won't be unhappy. Is that what, um, who they're looking at? That's who fans want. Okay. Um, like, there have been polls, and Michael Sheen has won in most of those polls. Um, I saw um, the guy, I don't remember his name, the IT crowd actor, though. Ooh. Um, is it, is it Matt Berry? No. Okay, I was about to say, he's double booked. Uh, this guy. Yes! Richard, Richard Iode. Iode. Yeah, Richard Iode. Um, I think would be such a stellar choice. Yes, um, I Because, love... like, the energy that he would bring would be, like, so new for the Doctor, but also, like, so in character. I and... adore Richard Iota, because yeah. in every role he, uh, he uh, he's in, he has this, like, awkward yet charming energy. Exactly. Like, he, he would be, like, such a gentler version of yes. the Doctor than we've had in the past, but, like, that makes so much sense with the progression from Capaldi to Jodie Whittaker, um, that, like, he feels like a natural next step. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, like, I saw that, and I was like, that's perfect. Um, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, because none of the articles that my roommates and I were looking at had any sources. Um, it was just like, here's some guys who could play Doctor Who, and of the guys who could play Doctor Who, he is definitely top on my list. Also, imagine Russell T. Davies writing for Richard Iver. I know. It would be... Mm. I know. Like, because... Oh, it'd be good. Russell T. Davies has the best episodes in Doctor Who. Yeah. Hands down. He is... Like, I love David Tennant. His energy was very much so, like, a big reason. But furthermore, Russell T. Davies' writing is what solidified... Yeah. Ten as, like, the best Doctor. Yeah. And I am... I do like a lot of Moffat's writing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that um, was painful to get out. It was. Because I'm not proud of it. There's tears in my eyes <laughs> thinking about the fact that I, I do enjoy some of his work. Um, but Russell T. Davies, like, objectively better. Yes. And I do like him better. Um, 
<laughs> and the fact that he's coming back is just so good. Um, if we get another girl in the fireplace episode, not like literally, but yes. like in that like yeah, my my ideal lineup, mm-hmm. um, Richard Ayoade as the Doctor, and either Michael Sheen or Andrew Scott as the Master. Andrew um, Scott as the Master would be so good. I know. I think Michael Sheen should get to play the master because whenever he gets to play evil roles, he's so fun. Yeah, I think Michael Sheen should play the master because I've seen every episode of Prodigal Son and I've seen him play Martin Whitley, renowned serial killer, um, and he's so good at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Those are my thoughts. I I agree. Uh, I also want... Who would be a good companion, though? Yeah, the thing is is that I, I haven't finished the most recent season of Doctor Who, um, I need to because 13 means so much to me and I want yeah. to spend more time with her. She's my best friend. Um, but if nothing happened to those companions, just keep them. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah. No. I will say, though, I'm still bitter over, like, the way they did, like, Danny Pinkman and I Bill. Know. So You've dirty. talked about this. I, it makes me angry. Yeah. I, I really... I really like um, I w- everyone I- in 13 seasons. No, I like the 13 companions. They're, They're very great. good. I like that it's like a group of companions. I think that's very sweet. Yeah, it- I love it. I, I love it that she has a little group of friends because God knows she needs them. Um, and also the fact that she keeps on like workshopping what to call them. She's like, oh, I'm going to call you the squad. No, that's awkward. How about gang? No, that's also awkward. Like that running bit. Mwah. Yeah, I like that. I want to continue that. I want to continue having, like, because I think that's such a good thing. Like, I think Matt Smith started it with having Amy and Rory at the same time, but I want to continue it. If they weren't cowards, um, which Russell T. Davies in 2022 might not be a coward, um, they'd cast another woman and bring back Riversong. Um, Yeah, they'd cast another woman, make Riversong the companion, at least for a while, have just, like, space wives. Um, And then I would fall fully back into Doctor Who and yeah. never come out again. Yeah. Russell Davies, if you do me good, I'll come back to you forever, baby. <laughs> I'll come back to you. Imagine if that happened and then also we got what we do in the Shadow Season 3. <sighs> Homophobia would be over. <laughs> yeah. There would no longer be discrimination. <laughs> Should we look at the Emmys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could talk... I'm ho- Anyways, that's our vain hopes for how Doctor Who will turn out. For all we know, uh, Russell T. Davies could suddenly suck now. I doubt it. I doubt it, but part of me is worried, you know? Yeah. Because I have such low hopes for what Doctor Who now. Yeah. Oh, real quick, um, an update. Um, the Penumbra podcast, Kevin Vibert has released a... Um, very long apology document that I have not read, but there is someone on TikTok who has been doing very good, concise updates about the whole situation, and I will link their videos below. Um, link in the description. Um, but Kevin Vibert wrote this whole document. The gist of it is they're not firing the artist. Um, he talked a lot about why, and from what it, it sounded like just bullshit. It was like, oh, our hiring process. Okay, find a different artist. Um, yeah. And he talked about... Um, he apologized for taking so long to apologize, which, like, okay, fire the artist, um, and talked a lot about how he is going to be speaking on it um, from now on instead of Harley Takagi Kaner because people were using the fact that they had done problematic things to attack their gender and race 
um, which is never good. And so, like, it is good that Kevin is stepping up to prevent more of that from happening. Um, but I do think that Harley, Harley also needs to, needs to apologize personally. Yeah, Harley cannot hide behind Kevin on that one. No, but I do, I do understand not wanting to be harassed, and they did make, yes. they did make a really clear distinction in the document. I've heard that like valid criticisms of what Harley did is not harassment, but there has been like actual harassment. Um, all that to say, they haven't fired the artist. Um, and it's not our apology to accept. So yeah, so that's the update. That's that's why we're kind of breezing by it. Yeah, because we're like that's not ours to accept. But we figured we'd just drop you guys an update. Yeah, no, I'm gonna listen to season four, because um, Juno Steele, my beloved. But uh, you don't really need to. No, I've never been a patron, and yeah, if if I were, um, I would cancel my subscription after this apology. Yeah, I would just don't give them your money. No. Like that's really no, don't give them your money, and if you're not gonna give them your money, don't give them don't give Rusty Quill your money either. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the gist. Yeah, don't don't give either of them your attention, basically. Yeah, consume yeah. their content, don't support them. Like, support us instead. Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> oh my God, we are better. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, we can, don't hold us don't hold us to a higher standard. Actually, well, you should, but like not in that way, where no. it's like we're somehow more moral and just. Because uh, don't expect Nemesine to be better than the Penumbra podcast. Because uh, she fucks. <laughs> the Juno Steel arc fucks. But also... Because we're, we're human and we're going to make mistakes. But also give us money. <laughs> I, I just... I would feel wrong saying, like, we're better than these people. No, it's I don't like, think we're better than yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. But we are not... But we will at least attempt to hold ourselves to a standard of, like, being good people. Yeah. Which is, like, so little to ask for in this world. All they had to do was fire the artist. It's really all they all had they to had do. All they had to do was fire that artist. And they were like, we can't. Uh, we not, can't Kevin? because reasons. Why not, Kevin? Kev. Mr. Viber. I, in the bottom of my heart, why can't you get a different artist? Is, is it because this artist is relying on this income? I don't think so, because I've looked at the artist's pro- profile. Yeah. That artist has other work they're doing. Yeah. I don't know. Emmys. Emmys. It's what not... the important ones? So, we have a good... So, Netflix is, like, the big winner this year. Netflix has been the big winner... For the past few years. A lot, yeah. It's always either Netflix, Amazon, or HBO. Which, like, there's something to say about that. Yeah. But, like, uh, let's get into it. So I personally enjoy it. When Amazon is the big winner, not because I like Amazon, just because I like the TV shows Amazon makes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was the other one that took a lot away? Hold on. Oh, HBO Max did a lot of. It, also, Ted Lasso won. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso cleaned up. Yeah. Honestly, they disgusting. <laughs> like, not. I don't have anything against Ted Lasso because I haven't watched the show, but it's like. Every single, like, every other category, it's Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. Yeah. I don't care about Ted Lasso. I don't care about Ted Lasso, and I also don't want Apple TV to become a competitor. No. We Stay don't, in your lane. You're little. <laughs> we don't need you here. I'm tired. I'm tired of streaming platforms becoming popular and gaining um, critical attention. All because they made one good show. There's too many of them. 
stop giving new streaming platforms attention and wait for them to go away. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like a weird, it's like a weird cat you find in the alley. Exactly. You don't know, you don't know where that cat's been. You, you don't know, know where that streaming platform's been. <laughs> <laughs> what if it has worms? <laughs> <laughs> That's, Apple TV Plus has ringworm. <laughs> Don't give it an Emmy. Um, (laughs) Anyway. What if it it has heart disease or rabies? (laughs) Make sure Netflix is up to date on its flea medication. (laughs) And it's taking its heart guard. Yeah. The Queen's Gambit one. Limited series. That seems right. Yeah. uh, I've seen so many people complaining about WandaVision not winning. Why? I don't care. Why are you complaining that a Marvel project didn't win an Emmy? Cope. Cope. <laughs> uh, I, I like WandaVision did cool things, but it wasn't. Marvel doesn't need an Emmy. <laughs> it doesn't. It none of the none of the nominees need an Emmy, but. No. Uh, I personally feel like it should have been The Queen's Gambit or I May Destroy You. Those yeah, really I May Destroy You is great. I May Destroy You is amazing. So I feel like. Between those two, yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, the Crown won Don't Best care. Drama Series. Nobody cares about The Crown, I'm going to be honest, unless you're 40 years old. The Crown beat Lovecraft Country? Yes. It, also, it beat Lovecraft Country. It beat The Handmaid's Tale. It beat Pose. Yeah. It beat a lot of very good shows. The Crown isn't that good. No. Uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Uh, for the record, Emily in Paris was nominated for some reason for Best Comedy Series. Yeah, well, they also nominated Get Out for Comedy the year it came out, so... Yeah. No, I'm saying it because Emily in Paris is bad. Yeah. Like, infamous. I'm just so. saying, like... Uh, Hamilton won Best Variety Special. Uh, pre-recorded. Uh, Bo Burnham's Inside was also nominated for that. Yeah, I personally, um... Uh, I a, love Bo Burnham's Inside. I understand why it didn't win, both from an artistic standpoint and that it was, like, one guy in a room. Um, and, like, Emmys are for, like, collective efforts, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and so it, like, makes, makes sense. sense that they would pick another one. And also, um, I don't remember what the other thing I was going to say. Oh, also from, like, a behind-the-scenes standpoint where, like, Probably Bo Burnham simply did not have the budget to get an Emmy. Um, like, the amount of, like, pandering that it takes mm-hmm. um, to get an award like this. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that Bo Burnham was the underdog in that. Yeah. Um, Cause, uh, I would have loved it if American Utopia won. I think that it was a fantastic project. Yeah. Also... Watch the Adam Ruins Everything episode about, like, campaigning. Exactly. Like, Bo Burnham simply would not have been able to campaign the same way that Hamilton did. Hamilton has not only that Broadway money behind it, but that that Disney Disney money. money. Yeah. Um, And Bo Burnham is a man in a room. He's a man in a room working for Netflix, but he is still a man in a room. (laughs) Like, he doesn't... He's he's probably a very wealthy man now, but not on that level. But American Utopia... Um, I would have loved, and I understand why Hamilton won. It it, w- it was an innovative piece, and it was really well filmed. Uh, don't care about Variety Special Live. Uh, lead actor in a drama series. The Crown. Uh, I don't really care about any of these people. Except Billy Porter. I, if, 
Yeah. If Billy Porter was going to... No, Billy Porter did win an Emmy for Pose. Yeah, he did. Um, a couple of years ago, I yeah, think. Yeah, which I did take issue with because he was the only one nominated and the only one who won, and he's the only person in that cast who could have been nominated who wasn't a trans femme person. Yes. Um, oops. Also... Pose has a huge problem with never letting their trans femme actors um, do press for their own show um, yep. because they're worried that they're going to say something too radical about their show about trans people in the AIDS epidemic. Um, Which, like... Yeah. Wh- like, Pose has been going on for so long that, like, I see it nominated and not winning, and I'm like, if you were going to give it an Emmy, you would have by now. Exactly. Like, if you were going to give the actresses and the show the attention it deserves, you would have by now. Thanks for the nomination again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another The Crown winner, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, my beloved. Olivia Coleman's great. Uh, MJ Rodriguez got a nomination. Yay. And they didn't win. Of course they didn't. Uh, let's see. Uh, Emma Corrin, though, she uh, was playing, uh, for the record, she was playing Diana in The Crown. So, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Moss got a nomination. Elizabeth in- Moss is one of my favorite actresses. And so did Jeremy Smollett. Uh... Let's see. So, you want, uh, act, lead actor in a limited series or a movie. Uh, unfortunate news, everybody. Lin-Manuel Miranda got nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, he's already won an Emmy. He has. He was nearly at an EGOT. No, he has an EGOT. He was nearly at... No. He, he doesn't have an EGOT. Um, he's one thing shy of a PGOT. Yeah. Which is where you get an EGOT and then the Pulitzer. Yeah. Because um, he's insane. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Yeah, he's going to... If he doesn't have it already, he's going to get it soon. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, I... (laughs) Cool that Lynn and Leslie Odom Jr. were both nominated. Um, They were in that movie six years ago. Yeah, that is a six-year-old movie, my friends. Yeah, that is a pro shoot they've been sitting on for so goddamn long. Which, like, much to say about that. They've been sitting on that pro shoot for six years, and they only released it when Disney gave them big bucks. It makes me so enraged the way that Broadway deals with their own pro shoots. But the point is, like, cool that they were nominated. Glad they didn't win, because they did that years ago. (laughs) Several years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, Hugh Grant was nominated. Uh, e- Ewan McGregor won, by the way, in case you were curious. Uh, Ewan McGregor of Star Wars the prequel fame. Yes. Um, uh, Ewan McGregor of Moulin Rouge fame. I don't care about Moulin Rouge. That's on you. <laughs> National treasure of a movie. <laughs> uh, well, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet won. Uh, there was nobody else who was really uh, super interesting, besides Michelle Cole, who was nominated for I May Destroy You. Again. Excellent movie. Movie, show. You get the point. <laughs> uh, outstanding writing. WandaVision was nominated. I want to point out, these two shows were nominated just on their own. WandaVision was nominated for three separate episodes. That's insane. Yeah. And, and they still lost. And they still Epic. lost. They still lost to I May Destroy You. They, yeah. I May Destroy You did get a win. So good. I'm very happy about Congratulations, darling. Beautiful show. I'm so glad I finally got a nomination. Uh, Directing Queen's Gambit. That makes sense. Um, imagine if Lynn... No, never mind. Lynn would not have won the director award. That would have been hilarious if he did. I would have... I would have killed someone. Yeah. What else we got? RuPaul's Drag Race won the competition program. Uh, that makes sense just because of the other... Nominees. Yeah. Like, that's the only competition that was doing anything exciting. 
Yeah, because I love Nailed It, no offense. They just weren't posted. They just didn't have any season up at that time. I right. think they only released, like, a season. Uh, and it, they're very short seasons. Uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso won again. Jason Sudeikis won Ted Le- for lead actor in a comedy series. Why didn't Allison Janney win? Actually, why didn't A.D. Bryant win? Yeah. Shrill is a great show. Yeah, n- none of these very talented actresses won. Shrill is a great show, and A.D. Bryant kills it in that. What's Hacks? See, this, I don't know. This is a theme I'm noticing with this year's Emmys. Nope. Most of the shows that are, like, winning, like, big time, are shows I've never heard of. That's because TV is collapsing. Yeah. Um... Sucks for me. Yeah. Getting a TV degree. But Su- sucks for us TV enjoyers who are now in the TV industry. Yeah, but my TV enjoying is watching shows from the 70s, so I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> my TV enjoying is watching shows from the 70s and rewatching the same three episodes of Umbrella Academy. <laughs> and the same half hour of Good Omens. You know which half hour. Yeah. I don't have to say it. I'm sure there's something to be said for the fact that in the future, most writing jobs are probably going to be through streaming services. That's already true. I mean, yeah. Most of, like, the actual, like, lucrative jobs are going to be streaming services. Hacks won a lot for comedy series. They they did. Like, I went through this already. What is this? I don't know. I looked it up, and apparently here's the... This is, like, another, like, Hollywood uh, movie kind of thing. Like, a Hollywood movie, like, pandering thing. Mm-hmm. The show is basically about this, like, mature writer taking on... Like a self-centered, like a uh, twenty-five-year-old writer in Hollywood as like her protege. Right. So that's the whole summary. Pause. Saturday Night Live won Variety Sketch over Black Lady Sketch Go. Um, and John Oliver won Variety Talk Series. They won two. They won two different ones. John Oliver did. Yeah. Good for him. Um. Oh yeah. They also won writing for his comedy. Mm-hmm. God, there's so many writers for comedy shows. Everyone forgets that. I love. No, I don't forget. I just, you see them all written out. Gillian Anderson won an Emmy. For the crowd. Every, I can't. Dana? I can't emphasize this enough, by the way. Uh, The people who have been winning all the main acting awards are from the crowd. Yeah. Every single one. Which is so funny, because, yeah, every time, um... Like, actors and actresses get nominated from shows that have been around for super long. Like, I get it. I just, I wish that awards shows were more about new content. Yeah. Because it's like, once you've won an Emmy for your show, you can keep saying Emmy award winning show. You don't have to, like, continuously win. Like, I understand specific episodes. Yeah. Um, Getting nominated for writing and stuff. But, like, I feel like... There is a certain point where you do not have to keep campaigning for your show to win an Emmy for it to be considered good. Exactly. Like, Saturday Night Live won an Emmy this year, which is funny to me. It's a 40-year-old show. Yeah. I think it's like, when Saturday Night Live gets a new cast, yeah, you can, you can get the cast some awards, you know? Your show does not need any more acclaim. Exactly. Like... It's so funny, because, like, there's really good shows out there that just haven't won anything. No. Because they're always, like, taken up by the same, like, seven shows in rotation until those shows end up leaving. Mayor of Easton, um... This is another won one. Won that... a bunch of actress roles. I watched a little bit of this just because my parents watched it. Um, is it good? No. It's I good acting. 
I didn't think so because I read the summary and I was like, this seems bad. Yeah, the acting's good. It's fine. Yeah, this was a sparse year for good television. Yeah, and then also a bunch of actresses from Ted Lasso won. And that's the Emmys. Yeah. It goes to show only, like, two of the shows on here are not on, like, a network, on, like, a streaming network. Like, this... No, it's, like, all of the shows that are... um, All of the shows are on streaming networks. It's just, like, shows like Saturday Night Live just haven't moved completely onto one yet. Oh, like, I know. you can watch all of SNL on Hulu. Oh, I know. And that's the way people... No one watches SNL on cable. <laughs> no. But I think it's very interesting, because it's, like... It's eventually... It's showing that, like, the Emmy... Because, like, you, you still have the whole thing with the Oscars being, like, what is considered a real movie and what is not. But the Emmys have been forced to be, like, this is a this yeah. is a TV show. Like I don't know. I don't think about that as much just because, like... I have been keeping up with award shows my whole life, and I noticed this start to happen like five years ago. Oh, um, I don't care. I don't. W- I don't watch award shows. I know, but I do, and so like that shift to streaming platforms happened years ago. So mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't phase me anymore. But mm-hmm. it is interesting, um, and yeah, it's also happening at the Oscars and like with films specifically now. Um, and I think that it will be interesting in a couple years when like YouTube originals start having to be on there because like i don't know can't wait for the awards category for best video essay i mean i mean like the youtube um i know the youtube red shows i know fictional content but like video essays could be variety like i we're i don't know i feel like you could argue that a video essay could be nominated in one of these categories where's my jacob Where's my Jacob Geller Emmy nomination? <laughs> I'm going to nominate ContraPoints. <laughs> I'm going to campaign for ContraPoints to get an Oscar. <laughs> um, we've been talking for so long. Do you have any recommendations? Uh, well, seeing as Halloween is coming up, I'm going to just start doing horror recommendations every week until we get there. Because Hell yeah. uh, next week it's going to be like October 3rd, so I might as well just start now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with Scream. That one's a classic. If you haven't watched Scream, it's a good movie. Uh, very much so, like, a good, like, baby slasher movie for people who are like, I don't like slasher movies. It's just a fun one. Yeah. Also, it's, it's a very good, like, it's a little silly, and I mean that in, like, a fun way. Because it's, like, the whole concept is, like, a killer that kills people based on, like, (laughs) (laughs) a killer that kills people based on what their favorite scary movie is. The whole concept, it's like a killer that kills people. A killer that It's a great movie. It's a great movie. I'm sorry. That was... I knew what you were trying to say. And there was more to that sentence. There was. You really got me. No, there was. You just cut it off in the middle. (laughs) You started laughing at it. It's about a killer that kills people. Vulcan biology. The biology of Vulcan. (laughs) Also, also it's one of Matthew Lillard's earliest movies. So if you want to go see Baby Matthew Lillard, that's a great movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. He plays Stu. Um, He plays Stu, uh, one of the friend's boyfriends. So, yeah, great movie. Nice. Um, My recommendation is the short film Cargo by Yolanda Ramke. Um, I can link it in the description. Um, It's just, like, a Vimeo link. It is... I had to watch it for class. I didn't have to watch it for class. It was bonus material, and I'm that student in the screenwriting class. Um, But it is, like, one of the best short films that I've ever seen, and it's one of the best, like condensed stories that I've ever seen. It's about the zombie apocalypse. Ooh. Um, it's about this guy 
trying to get his daughter, his baby daughter, to safety during the zombie apocalypse. And it's, like, under 10 minutes long. Um, and it sent me through such an emotional journey. I was watching it at work, um, and I was, like, at the end, and it's a very emotional ending. Um, and this girl came up to the window and was like, I need you to unlock the audio editing suite. And I was, like, on the verge of tears, and I was like, okay, let me unlock that suite for you. Um, yeah, and, like, the the zombie design is really beautiful. All of the effects are gorgeous. Um, the characters, beautiful. Just... 10 out of 10. Good film. Yeah. Watch it. Um, I, suffer. <laughs> I believe there's a Netflix movie based on it. I don't care about it, though. Maybe. I don't know. I think um, it had Martin Freeman in it. I, I'll look that up when we're done. Yeah. Um, spiel time. Spiel! Should I do the spiel? Go right ahead. It's your territory. Where Brain Rot Presents production. That means that you can follow us anywhere your little heart desires at brainrot underscore presents. That's presents with no E's. Um, we also have a Patreon that you can subscribe to to get some perks for this show um, and our audio drama Nemesign. Um, episode 5 just dropped. 6? Yeah. Episode I mean, 6 just dropped. Today. Haha. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, and it's going great. So if you want more information about that, you want some bonus material, feel free to subscribe to our Patreon. Um, if you don't have the money for a monthly donation, we also have a fundraiser. Um, that you can help us pay our voice actors and writers and editors uh, with that. Um, if you just care about this show, we are Lukewarm Takes EC on Instagram. Also, we are working on doing more pa- Patreon content. Yeah. We promise. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. That's everything. Yeah. Very nice. We've been Lukewarm Takes. We have. I've been Jack. I've been Ford. And the piano music stopped a while ago. We don't have anyone playing us off. No. If I still remembered the entertainer, I would get up and play it on the piano that's in this room right now. Mamma mia, I'm homophobic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.